Hello, everyone. Just to make you aware, we do spoilers on this show. So if you haven't seen the film that we're discussing, I'd recommend going and checking it out before listening. If you're happy to hear spoilers, then carry on. If not, check us out, check out the film, and come back to us when you're ready. Hello and welcome to another episode of Clapperboard Climax. You're joining us today for what promises to be hopefully a very eventful <laughs> and enjoyable podcast. So welcome, welcome. I am Dan, your sort of not host host as ever. I am joined by Joe. Hi. And by Anna. Good evening. And uh, yes, this week we are going to be talking about the excellent excellent adaptation <laughs> of uh, a horror classic we are going to be talking about halloween 2 um now obviously we start all of these episodes by um by asking joe whether anyone's managed to guess his cryptic clues over the course of the week well, so i think i think you need to be clear that it's halloween 2 by rob zombie because i think there's been about 10 other halloween 2s yeah. That's a very good point. I've realised, as I've said that, that actually there's about 20 Halloween films. Yeah. So, yes, for clarity, it is the 2009 Rob Zombie Halloween 2 film, a sequel to his own remake of the original. Which we didn't yeah. seem to do. So I've not been very good this week with um, <laughs> clues. So they did kind of come out all at once on Wednesday. But we do have our resident super fan uh the curious cinephile hey uh, guy that's the only person that guessed uh but guessed our it. only fan yeah he's basically a groupie at this point um but that's fine should you get him to join us one week do it yeah yeah that's a good idea mm, i'll agreed. drop him a message but yeah um so just the one person our, our super fan person. groupie the curious cinephile. Well, congratulations and well done. Um, I've got to say, I, I enjoyed the clues that you put out. I know they all came out all at once this week, but I thought they were quite good. Yes, it, it was. It was difficult to kind of go. Okay, how do I make it different to last week with it still being a Rob Zombie film? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, was yeah. that an accident? No, nothing I do is an accident, Anna. <laughs> It, I, I I wanted it to be okay. Here's a good Rob Zombie film. Here's potentially a bad Rob Zombie film. But you hadn't even seen it. No, so but I go, I go on reputation, Anna. Okay, uh, I see. I'd, I'd heard things on the great on the grapevine, as, as <laughs> someone once said. If we've learned anything over the last few months, it's that when it comes to organisation, Joe, you are like a spider. You've got all the webbing. <laughs> it's all together. You know where everything is and how it yeah, all pieces. A really annoying ADHD spider. And we just long for the ride. <laughs> just... yeah, pretty much. Me and Anna are just the two flies hoping you don't spot yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Like we've stuck on a couple of extra legs each and we're going, yeah, these insects, right nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> okay well preemptive bless you um, no, it's not. no don't worry carry on okay okay well obviously um we always like to start these episodes with a little bit of a synopsis um i feel that, that halloween is probably so well known to so many people but there are so many different versions that it's still worth doing um particularly as this is a spin-off <laughs> sequel which is a strange thing um so Unless anybody else wants to take over, I'm happy to do that. Anna, I know that you said you're going to jump in if I forget things. Um, because I only watched this for the first time this week, so I'm sure that I am going to forget some things. Um, premise of, of this particular film is that we pick up a year after the events of Halloween. So we've still got the same characters, effectively. It's the, <laughs> the brutal tale of Michael Myers on his pursuit of victims and various other things that we learn over the course of the story. So the the initial opening sequence starts off right after Halloween. Um, Michael Myers is dead in inverted commas and being taken away um, for inspection or burial or some sort of medical examination. 
and oh no he escapes and and that's where the drama kicks off because then a year later when it gets back around to halloween everyone's living under this pall of fear is michael myers still alive is he still out there is his body just missing somewhere in a wood or is he going to be resurrected by the season and so our our protagonist, <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I, I say that, that is genuinely one of the... Are you reading that from somewhere? That, no, that is something that someone says in the film. Okay. They say that. Um, I think, I can't remember whether it's the sheriff or the sheriff's daughter. Of course who, they do. Of course they do, who goes, what, do you think he's going to come back just because it's Halloween? And I'm sat there going, well, obviously. <laughs> like, obviously, that's exactly what's going to happen. They obviously never watched John Carpenter's comedy. Yeah, clearly. They've not got the same. They would know. They, they would know. They would know. And would you, would you believe it? He does come back at Halloween. Ah, oh, and he goes on a brutal tirade, um, pretty much um, with the exception of one or two characters, everyone you meet is thrown in there to be killed. It's it's like sort of um, the devil's rejects. There are meat puppets who are just hang on a minute. No, no, no. I, 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 it's I, devil's no. rejects. <laughs> well, I'm going to. Oh, it's, it's coming. Good. It's coming. Because that um, is beautiful, and this is just not. But that element, at least, is true in that they put certain people in front of the antagonist just so the antagonist can have fun, which he really does, and. Um, does he though because he looks quite miserable well that is true but can you tell behind that mask all the prosthetics it's um... i don't think it's prosthetics i think it's just a shit mask no it's just yeah it's just the rubber mask. Can, we, can i just quickly jump in and say a fact which i'm sure everybody in the world knows yeah, about the original mask. do we all know the original mask yeah go, go for it that it's, that it's modeled on william shatner <laughs> you see i have heard that but i had forgotten that and actually it is it's not just a rumor it, it was modeled on william shatner it was modeled but, not, on but not this one okay no okay, but no just the and original. it does look like him it actually honest, does look... now that you've said that i can see it yeah totally i can see that um well let's talk about william shatner for a bit and um, no we'll, we'll finish a, a synopsis um and so Michael Myers is on his his Halloween themed death tirade because he is chasing down Laurie, who is his victim from the previous year, who escaped. But not only is she his victim from the previous year, but she is his younger sister, the younger sister who he didn't kill as a psychotic child, but has apparently waited 20 years to go and butcher in a horrible, horrible way to reunite the family because something that I'm sure we will talk about is that all the way through this film, Michael Myers is being motivated by the ghost of his dead mother who just wants her family to be reunited again, which seems like strange motivation, but that's what he's going with. And, um, and yeah, and that is effectively the synopsis of the story. Michael and Myers... she just happens to be Cherry Moon Zombie. Oh, yes. Yes. At her uh, finest. At her finest. At her finest indeed. Or actually her worst. Deborah Myers, mother of Michael Myers, played by award winning actress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's got something best asked. Let me or... find out. Robert. <laughs> Joe's on it. Is it a Razzie? Has she got a Razzie? It's a very weird kind of um, almost incestuous relationship he has with her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And my, like, my last few boyfriends all had this weird obsession with their mothers. I don't know if it, I think that's just men and their mums. No. So, I'm no? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, that's just my experience. My experience is. <laughs> yeah. So she does have some sure it was everyone. So she um, was. Based on her looks. The, the winner of the Igor Award in 2007. Okay. She um, was nominated for two awards um, at Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, one for The Devil's Rejects and one where she won with Relationship from Hell. Oh, with Otis, with her brother? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. 
Fright Meter Awards. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Halloween, I believe. The the first remake. The first one. Um, and she... Oh, remake, 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 remake. Uh, nominated for the Devil's Rejects for Scream Awards. And then she won the Scream Award for Most Vile Villain as the Firefly Clan. The whole clan. The whole clan. Wow. If she won it for everyone else. I'm she's guessing resting. the whole she's... Firefly clan. Okay, won that's right then. Because she's definitely the tamest out of the Yeah, group. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Anyway, that is true. that's not really important. That's not really important, but it was a nice well... detour and I enjoyed it. And, hmm. um, and so, to, I suppose to conclude the synopsis, really, it's your classic slasher film. The, the central antagonist is after somebody. Lots of people get in the way and we're left at the end with the question, will he kill her? Won't he kill her? What's Do going on? Do we care? What's going right. on with this weird mom complex that he seems to have? And also, as something that I am going to talk about because I've got a note about it, um, there's this strange prominence throughout the whole film with white horses. <gasps> oh, um, I've got my hand up and you can't even see. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, carry on. Yes. Um, there's a strange prominence with white horses all the way through. And so every so often, just a white horse will sort of appear um, at some point, or either in a hallucination or in real life. And it's all very strange. And we are going to talk about it. Well, I'm going to talk about it because I've got a good point. But Anna, what's your hand up for? Go on. My hand actually shot, shot up in the air <laughs> right then. <laughs> But it was only because it was the first note I had was the white horse. But it's only because so I'm a big Twin Peaks fan. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if Rob Zombie was also a Twin Peaks fan, because throughout uh, the show, Twin Peaks, a white horse is um, is shown as like the imagery of a white horse when. And if you look it up, according to um um, lynchism or lynchesqueism or whatever it's called it's like a sign of I think in I think it's German folklore that it's a sign of impending death um, and it's referenced in the bible as well I think I'm not sure what it is but it's I think it's supposed to be a bad thing but I just wondered if that Rob Zombie was a fan of lynch because it is very prominent in Twin Peaks he probably is he probably is he isn't well, precisely. I know that you with this one... You haven't seen Twin Peaks. Well, I, I like his work still. Um, yeah, you will. Yeah. But with this one, um, I think the quote at the start, it's from dream psychology, isn't it? It's, That's why uh, I thought it's... it was wrong. Yeah. But it's all about how dreaming about the white horse symbolises purity. Yeah. And then the person who keeps dreaming of white horses or who keeps being involved with white horses is Michael Myers, who... I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say purity was was the word, but maybe that's what he's dreaming of and can never attain. We don't know. I think. I mean, the German folklore sounds a bit more. The German folklore sounds a bit more accurate. Sign of impending death. So yeah. Well, I was going to say as well with um with the biblical reference, the white horse is um four horsemen, isn't it? The horse of death. Aren't they black? No, no, four different colours, and the white one is. Yeah, the white one is death. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Now, I'm just going to throw this out as a little um, FYI for anyone who's listening. Me and Anna are having some lovely discourse here. This film choice was Joe's because Joe wanted to contrast two Rob Zombie films. Joe, just out of interest, how much did you enjoy this movie? <laughs> I fucking hated it. <laughs> he was I not switched it off. <laughs> yeah, you had to watch it in like... Took you two I, days I to watch two it. Parts. I got an hour in. This is how I felt about shit. I don't remember it so shit. <laughs> it was it, I'm like I don't know what was the trigger to just be like I've had enough now. But it was partly because I was like I had work this morning and it was just kind of like <sighs> I I I could be asleep right now. <laughs> And I would be enjoying that more than enjoying watching this film. Um, I like, for those of you that have listened to previous episodes, I, I would rather watch 
two-headed shark attack five times over hmm. than watch this film again. Yeah. I, like I mean, I think I would because it's, yeah. I feel like, like we keep coming back to two-headed shark attack. Maybe that's the best <laughs> film all three of us have watched. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think, like, my main problem with this film, and there are several, hmm. but the main one it comes back to what you were saying, Dan, in the, the fact that it is a generic slasher film. Yeah, completely. If it was called something else, and it wasn't Michael Myers, and it wasn't Laurie, and it no. wasn't Mega Miss, I wouldn't give a shit about it. Because mm-hmm. it'd just be... And I might actually enjoy it more. Yeah. And just be like, all right, yeah, yeah, they're getting killed. All right, yeah, that's like the jump scares are not jump scares because it doesn't count as a jump scare if you can count to the second when they're going to happen. So glad it wasn't just me doing that. And it was just like, okay, so they're going to come through there then. And like the 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 point with the um, where the cops stood outside the house mm, mm. and there's a shadow of the tree. And you just go, oh, okay, so Michael's going to appear out of the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then it ha- and it's just like, I shouldn't be able to write this film as I'm watching it. Yeah. But it's just like, like it would just be kind of a thing, but because they've got the, the Halloween name mm-hmm. and the characters and the soundtrack as well that played at the end, I was fuming when that happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, one of, if not the best pieces of, um, score to ever be put to a horror film and it just like because Halloween the original John Carpenter Halloween is my favourite horror film of all time Yeah, and Anna suggested that I watch this film with an open mind and that I think of it separately mm. I found it very difficult to do that <laughs> Because I just think it's a totally different film. It it is a totally different film, but it's sort of like Halloween franchise. Me cutting Dan's face off (gasps) and putting it on my face. Hang on a minute, this is going a bit leatherfacey. It is getting a little bit leatherfacey, but leatherface would never do that. He only takes really good-looking people. So, well, also, I'm outraged. My face is far from leathery. This is not. <laughs> well, exactly. He would only take hot young babes. <laughs> but yeah, like all, all that Rob Zombie's done here is ironically, similar to most of his characters, is taken an axe to the original Halloween, take yeah. gutted anything that made it good, and just added blood. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really surprised that he would, I don't know why he would try and remake someone else's dream. Mm. He's so much better at producing his own. Yeah, I'm that's just, that's I'm, yeah, bad. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised that he even took it on. He was given the blessing though, wasn't he? John Carpenter was on, not necessarily on board, but he was like, yeah, you make it your own, do what, do what you want to do with it. Well, I think when... this is maybe the, the the issue is why we why because this is number two. So maybe if we'd done number mm. one, then you can understand more that maybe he was trying yeah. to do it as a prequel. Yeah. Because it the first one is very much about um, Michael Myers as a child, which the original John Carpenter that's has got nothing to do with um, him as a child. Yeah. So I think maybe maybe that's what Rob Zombie was trying to do with the first one, and this was just. A bonus, yeah. Let's do a sequel to the one I've just done. Mm. So, yeah, maybe we should have done the first one, but whatever, we didn't. But if you mm. did do the first one, you would have seen William Forsythe. Ah, just saying. The, the delightful William Forsythe. See, yeah. I think Joe, your point was something I was going to say the exact opposite of, because um, I'm not going to I'm not going to rave about this film. I'm not going to say yeah, it's something that I'm going to come back to or even particularly recommend to people. But because I've not seen Halloween, which I know you will find an abomination. Really? But, yeah, I'm not, well, I'm not really in. I'm not really into horror, is, yeah, horror and no. I'm not really into slasher films because I always this film. I always worry that they're going to turn out being generic slasher films. Have you uh, seen it? 
Well, which one? Well, obviously Tim Curry. Well, obviously Tim Curry. Okay, that's right. That carry on. Um, but I but I think that. because I <laughs> because I came at this with no preconceptions. I know Halloween's classic, but because I came at it with no preconceptions, for me it was just like, yep, yeah, this is a slasher film. It's not mm. treading on any territory I don't like because I've not got any preconceived notions. It's just a mediocre slasher film, and mm. and actually my criticisms with it weren't anything to do with story or what direction they've taken the story in a lot of my things were like you've just said the fact that I was watching it going that person's going to die in three two head come off yep dead definitely dead and then oh he's left her in the car on her own what could happen and it's always predictable yeah yeah you know, so how last time with The Devil's Rejects, we were trying to work out what kind of genre it fitted into, and we kind of created this chainsaw, 70s yes. chainsaw genre. I, I came it. up with one for this, because you guys it. keep saying slasher. I've decided to call it trailer park horror. Oh, love Because every, everybody in it seems like white trash mm-hmm. that we don't feel sorry for, and we don't give a shit who dies. Like, because yeah. you don't care about anyone that dies. I didn't give a shit about anybody in this film no whereas in the devil rejects well actually i only cared about the killers and um <laughs> William Forsyth and actually um you know everybody in the brothel so basically everybody that was bad i cared yeah. about but in this film i just didn't give a shit about anyone mm. but and i think yeah trailer park horror is what trailer, i'm calling it trailer park horror is a great genre title okay, yeah good. i think i think it works i'm writing that down steal, i didn't steal it from any wikipedia or review <laughs> And yeah, I've got a horrible feeling Joe and me are going to steal it from you. Definitely. That's fine. The um, yeah, but, but I, I think you're right, Anna. That there was just no one of any virtue. Nobody. I hated her. I hated Laurie, and I hated all her stupid friends. I, I... And the fact that she kept calling her was it her sister or her friends? She kept calling her babe. Yeah. Mm. Shut up. I <laughs> like the detective. I the sheriff. Sorry. Her dad. Yeah. Yeah, her dad was okay. Or the other one's dad. No, the um, the, just just the sheriff who she lived with, her friend's dad. Yeah, yeah, so it was yeah. her friend. See, I, I used to own this on DVD, and I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, um, I I text Dan during it and said, "Like Dan's laughing because he knows what I'm going to say." So I text, text Dan saying, "Can huh?" Why don't you text me? <laughs> I don't. I don't text you everything. Why'd you text Dan, not me? He's, he's saving it for when it's one of my films <laughs> that he hates. Uh, <laughs> no, what well, I care. Anyway, sleep when you do. So I, I text Dan saying, "Can somebody tell Laurie that screaming isn't a personality? Because <laughs> like that's literally all she does." Mm-hmm. I I couldn't make out anything that she said ever. Right. Because it's everything just... was just, and I'm like, I, I get that you're being attacked, but it, it's just, it got to the point where it was sort of white noise. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that it's like, by that point, I was like, if anything, just kill her. Just so, <laughs> just, just so that I don't have to hear that anymore. And like Loomis as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in the original, what, what I'd be interested in, like, as as much as it hurts me beyond belief that you haven't seen the original Halloween, um, I'd be interested to to know what your thoughts are after seeing this, mm. because they are so chalk and cheese. Yeah, and that the like Loomis in in the original is is much more kind of. Like I, I suppose his character isn't as developed in the original. To be fair. But he's much more kind of, he's his psycho psychiatrist, mm. whereas it was Malcolm McDowell playing typical Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, it's just like it's like he has to have everything written into his contract that he has to be a prick because yeah. he can't play anything else. Mm. Um, I wrote down but he's about he's him. not bad in um Rob's he because he's also in Rob Zombie's Thirty One, and he I'd say he plays. I mean, he plays a bad character but he plays a completely different type so i yeah. do recommend i recommend that people see 31 i quite like 31 okay i'll have a look at that 
Yeah. Thirty-one. For Richard, Richard Brake's opening and ending scene. I know I said this last week, but I'm just going to say it again. Watch it just for him. Yeah, and then, like it's not like I dislike Mark McDowell. When he does it well, he does it really well. Mm. Um, I'm not a fan of Clockwork Orange, but that's a different story. Yeah. Um, you haven't seen it. <sighs> you haven't seen it. That's the outrage. You were talking like you know what we were talking about the other day. Um, Probably not. The well, you were talking about the original remake of Halloween, I think, and because you were saying about unnecessary rape scenes. Yeah, that, that like that film is is just one giant unnecessary rape scene, basically. <laughs> um, I think it's the most. Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah I think it's the most diabolical um, <laughs> film that is just. I I think it's disgusting, but that's just me. That's for a different podcast. Mm. Um, I've forgotten what the bloody well, point was. We were talking but, about Malcolm McDowell, and we were talking about how he always plays a, an eccentric sort of character. I wrote down the first scene with Malcolm McDowell as Loomis. I wrote down, oh. I've written down my new favourite because he walks in and he's like, get me this, get me that, get me PG tips. And I was going, oh, this this is interesting. I like this. And then he's the second... like that in the other one. No, I can imagine he wouldn't be. Um, but then the second scene I've written next to it, oh, no, hate him. Because he goes from being sort of like, hey, I'm a fun, kooky psychologist who hunts serial killers to seriously, everyone, let me tell you why you're all awful people and I'm amazing. And then he continues that line for the rest of the film. And then when he reads um, or, or watches himself back, yeah, it kind of despairs and it's like, did you not realise? Mm. Like, yeah. surely you know that you're being a dick. Yeah. I know, I know, and and this is the thing. Actually, one one of the points that I've taken away from this film, and I don't know whether it's a Rob Zombie trope. You can probably both tell me more, Anna in particular. But the person who I almost think you're meant to side with is Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're meant to side with Laurie because, like Joe said, every she's awful. She's she's just like whether it's all awful. They are, and and just annoying as well yeah, i think i think maybe you're right that yeah with rob zombie films he has got a fantastic way of making you side with the bad guy mm. definitely devil's rejects probably this film and i mean he hasn't actually done that many so there's the other ones are 31 and um uh, oh, uh, laws of salem um and then the devil's rejects franchise and i mean i only care about like 31, I think the best character in it by far is the most vile, evil character, and he's brilliant, and I want him to kill everyone. Mm. And well, I. Because um... they, they usually have a sense of humor, um, yeah. and I think he's quite good at making mixing the humor with with the darkness, you know? Mm. No, I, 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 I think he probably is capable of that. But the Devil's Rejects, yeah. there were funny bits in there, weren't there? So they were, they were that, that great dynamic as a family, so mm. that works. But Michael Myers, I don't really care about him either, actually. Well, yeah, I don't think you can care about Michael Myers for the reason that he's a he literal... He's mute. And that's the thing. He's the faceless, nameless. And that's why he's a great antagonist, obviously. But if mm. you look at it, I'm, I tried to look at it, and I'm trying to look at all of these things from a much more writing point of view. I think there were a couple of weeks where I really enjoyed pretending to be a 15-year-old film studies student again, going, oh, the mise-en-scene and blah, blah, blah. But but actually, from from a writing point of view, who gets that hero's journey? It's Michael Myers. Who's the one who gets all the little bits where, like, just from a a visual point of view, they're the one progressing the story? It's Michael Myers. Everyone else... Everyone else screams at each other. I've written down as another point, like, from a writing perspective... It loses its potency if every character uses the word just to make a point. Yeah. Like, like there was one scene where I think it must have been used 50% of the time. And I was just, after, after a bit, I was going, I'm just bored of it now. I'm just a bit like, this isn't character development. Don't, yeah. don't show me they're angry because they're swearing or That's screaming a, or shouting. It's a fairly going, boring film, actually. It's kind of, it kind of is, yeah. I think Rob Zombie is like he's really good at so okay so this this film is a good example of his um uh 
his visual style mm, is really yeah. good. It, so yeah. for this one, his visual style is way better than his writing. Like mm. the, the the sort of abstract abstract dream sequences that they yeah. have are probably the best bits. And like and also because he's a musician. Yeah. The only bit that I probably genuinely enjoyed was when they're at this Halloween concert and yeah, they've got the band thing. playing. That bit was kind of cool, mm-hmm. and but everything else. So I think, yeah, he's good at he's good at being weird, but everything else just doesn't seem to not with this film just didn't seem to work. Yeah, yeah, it was boring. And part of me wondered with that is that because he's picking up someone else's someone else's dream someone else's dream and trying mm. to move forward with that or is it because it's a, a sequel to picking up somebody else's dream mm-hmm. because if you said to me think sequel of to a prequel well yeah yeah sequel to a prequel if somebody said to me right we want you to rewrite die hard I, okay i could probably give that a go but now rewrite a sequel to die hard mm-hmm. in a world where there's already five or six different diehard films and make it original and make it interesting and make yeah. it engaging and you kind of go I'm not sure you, I'm not sure that's an easy project even if you had really... a challenge mm. and he, he wanted it to be a challenge and he wanted to but it just didn't work just in perfect but yeah. I think there's I think there's good in there like like you said Anna the visuals are great I love the bits where he's yeah. walking through the fields and and it's almost a sense of oh we're moving towards something Oh, yeah. we're getting closer. I loved all that stuff, and and the aesthetic was nice. It just it just didn't work when it came to story. No, dialogue as well. Oh yeah, the dialogue is terrible. Which I think the dialogue in Devil's Rejects is brilliant, I, but but I think that's because he's writing his own story, mm. and that's what it comes back to, isn't it? And he's that's he's trying to follow someone else's story. Yeah, yeah. someone else's story. What? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. You gone? No, I was just gonna. Um, did anybody see the Manson reference? No. Charles Manson. No. What? Well, where? Tell us. Tell us more. I feel like this oh, is no. like the bingo card. <laughs> Where's the Charles no, Manson? Um, no, just that Laurie has like a picture of Manson above her bed. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Nice. So, I was expecting just to like court. confirm confirm what I was oh, saying no, last week sorry. that Rob Zombie seems to be a Manson fan. Yeah. But maybe mm. not. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. a mountain fan isn't about the killings; it's about everything else. And there's a <laughs> whole other story. You need to read the book Chaos if anybody's interested. I was going to say, I feel like we need a little footnote there, going and for more information, why not read the book Chaos? It'll tell you everything you need to know about the Manson murders. There you go. I'm like... Now, something I did want to talk about. Um, it's going to trigger Joe. I know it's going to. I feel like I'm throwing grenades at it's you. Weird so, Al Yankovic. Oh no, I liked Weird Al. That was a good. That was a good <laughs> thing for yeah, me. Yeah, I didn't mind Weird Al. Um, and also, bonus points for the bit where it's like, tell us about Michael Myers and Weird the Al. The guy Yankovic. from Austin Powers. Yeah, the, the guy from Austin Powers. I've always and, thought that ever yeah. since I first knew who Michael Myers, the actor, <laughs> yeah. was. I always thought, hang on with it. Are you named after Michael Myers, or is he named yeah. after you? Who came first? I thought that. Was, you know, I thought that's a joke that every single person who's made that connection in their life has yeah. followed, and you've <laughs> you got the it. weirdest cameo to make it. If you there's said, loads of cameos, oh, there's great cameos. There's so many cameos, um, and there's cameos. If you know, like the Rob Zombie movies, then there's so many cameos yeah. from the cast of Devil's Rejects Thirty One. There's yeah, also like a Richard couple of guys from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yep. Richard Brake. Also, who else is in there? Um, Jeff Daniel Phillips, who's in 31. He's also in, um, I think he's in Lords of Standing. Mm-hmm. The one, the cameo that I noticed, because this is where I'm bringing it back around to what I was going to say. The cameo I noticed was uh, Octavia Spencer as the nurse in the hospital. <laughs> right. Because, yeah. because this film starts in a very interesting way where it, it's what, like an hour and 40 minutes all in? But it starts off with a 20 minute sequence that is a different film embedded in a dream sequence in this film. Mm-hmm. So, so just as a, I suppose it's an ex, an expansion. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was going to be really brave and different. And I was like, oh my goodness, where's this going? Because, because the film starts, they take Michael Myers' body away. The body goes missing. 
and then Laurie wakes up in hospital and you're assuming that it's immediately after she's just regained consciousness from from the first film and and she goes out to get some medication from the nurse and the nurses are all laughing and joking and then they go on their way and then Michael Myers is in the hospital and he's killing the nurses and he's killing people and she Laurie's running and he's chasing and there's blood and bodies everywhere and then she's trying to escape and someone's helping and then they're killed and I was thinking with her dialysis machine or whatever it is yeah she's she's carting around the IV bag <laughs> which she gets rid of quite quickly yeah ditches that straight out of her arm but she's fine <laughs> yeah and and so within the first 15-20 minutes I, I was thinking he's gonna kill her I was thinking this is this is I don't know what's going to happen here. He's she's cornered, she's trapped. He's going to kill her, and then she wakes up from a dream, and and it was almost like my um, my thinking was it was like a little starter before the main course. It was like I think it was it was just an excuse for I think I said this in a text earlier for Richard Brake to say some really gross stuff about necrophilia. Yeah, and one guy from yeah. Sons yeah. of Anarchy. It was just an excuse to get him in there. Say something really messed up, and then absolutely because that was the best bit. Of that, and then, then cut his head off because he's yeah. so bloody good. But he's so good, that guy. He's well, such that was... a good actor. It kills yeah, me how good he is. Oh, he's not in more stuff. You can have that bit without it having to be a dream. Well, that bit isn't a dream. Mm. Wait, isn't it? That bit is no, real. That, that bit is real life. So and then for the whole rest of the film, right? They're going, "What happened to Michael Myers? Where's his body? Maybe, maybe he's dead, and he rolled into a ditch, and something carried him away. He cut no, him. He, he cut a man's head, off head with a piece of glass. Off. Walked off with it, and everyone's going, "Oh, the body's missing. Maybe he's dead." But that man did have his head ripped off his body and taken away. Who would do and that? Do you know what I was worried about the most? Were the you dog. worried about? I thought you were going to say the cat. Oh, yeah, the dog, yeah. Um, the dog, also. The cow. Who give a shit about people? And the cow. At least Literally, the, the, the cow bit happened, quick. and I was like, oh, but Anna's sad now. Yeah. yeah, but it was quick, so it's okay. Uh, yeah. a, a van hits a cow, just for explanation, and I couldn't work out whether that was genius or insanity, that there's these two men making awful necrophilic jokes, <laughs> and one of them goes, the cow, and then they crash into a cow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Wow, the inciting incident of this film is that yeah. two gross men hit a cow. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't grown to hate the film by that point. No, you were so, still on board. I, 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 yeah, I'm still on board with the cow. And, but yeah, and, it, it was the that was the moment where it 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 turned for me when Laurie. So wakes five up. minutes in. <laughs> no, when Laurie wakes up, so like yeah. twenty minutes in. Because I like, I, I was watching it in the office, and thankfully, Ryan, we didn't have Ryan yesterday. Because I literally, it happened, and I went, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, like it's just it's lazy storytelling. Mm. Like, there's other ways to do it. I know, and I feel like a dick because I raved so much about Rob Zombie last week. And no, but that's just, the thing. He's let me down with these two no, movies. I think you were right that he is great when he's doing his own mm-hmm. stuff. And he's writing mm-hmm. things. And he's just this. He, he's kind of looked at it and gone, "Well, I could do it in a similar style to me." To me, and it and it does sort of work in terms of stylistically, mm. but in terms of story. It's just like like you say, the dialogue is is ridiculous, and it's just the the only way I can say is it, it's like if I'd made and this is going to sound really harsh, but it's the only way that I can think of putting it. If I'd made my favorite film when I was twelve, Killer Sofa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously, but like whatever my favorite film was when I was twelve. If I'd gone, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going to remake that. Yeah. And it's just like, it. it's real, like, and partly it is disappointing because you know how good he is at storytelling. He's and very good. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing, like, it has, and I don't, like, I enjoy House of the Crops as I enjoy um, Devil's Rejects. So I don't mind graphic violence mm-hmm. but the 
violence in Devil's Rejects is pointed and is specific, whereas this, it just got to the point where it was boring. Yeah, well, I think with Devil's Rejects, it's so much more, the violence is much more real. Mm. It's much more raw, whereas this is just straight out slasher. Yeah. It's just like blood count, like body count, blood, Mm. as much blood, as much death as you can get into one movie. Because, like, what, 90% of the people in this movie die? Yeah. Yeah. Probably, Probably more, to be honest. Yeah. So, very different, very different films. And I think. Uh, I think your point, Joe, about laziness with writing is is quite apt um, because there were there were lots of bits where I didn't really know what was going to happen until it happened. But um, but even up until the end, I was thinking, oh, are they going to pull a, a switch? Is it going to turn out that Laurie was the killer all along and that uh, yeah. Michael was dead and she was the killer and all these hallucinations that she's been having all the way through the film and these weird dreams, actually, it's her. And I was thinking, is that exciting? Is that not exciting? And then at the end, it it was literally like, oh, no, everything was literal. Um, yeah. th- there, was, there was no subtlety or nuance. She was just there. And, uh, and yeah, that's the end of the film. Thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh, okay. I thought they were going to do a big insanity push at the end, which would have been probably really frustrating, but would have been at least a reach at something clever, but no. No matter how many uh, remakes or if the originals of all these kind of 70s horrors and then all the remakes, there is one very common thing. And it's, so you've got these guys, these, so you've got your Jason, your Michael Myers, your Leatherface. These Mm -hmm. are all big, big guys. I'm usually carrying like a big heavy weapon but they always and like with Jason Jason and Michael Myers they just walk right yeah. at least Leatherface makes the attempt to run and they all seem to manage to outrun these skinny bitches that weigh nothing and they always seem to manage to outrun them even if they're walking well but you that's make... what's great about it like the fact that in the original Michael can just be anywhere. And, and 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 the fact that even in the credits, he's not credited as Michael Myers. He's credited as The Shape. Hmm. Um, what? It, he, he's credited as The Shape. Really? He's not credited. <laughs> I feel like Anna's less impressed by that. <laughs> because, because the whole point is he, he's just meant to be like that. I'm the embodiment of evil. Hmm. Um, and even in like the, my favorite bit of the original, which you'll have, it's sort of a spoiler for Dan, but you That's have okay. to look at. It's not a, it's not a plot spoiler, but you'll need to look out for it. There is a scene in which oh, you'll yeah. probably know what I'm on about. In the foreground is what is like a conversation, mm-hmm. but in the background, Michael's just driving a car. Yeah, yeah, with the mask on. Yeah. And he's just like pulls up to a junction and then turns a corner. Mm-hmm. And it's brilliant. It's, because it's, it's just like I, I wanna know is that an, like is that an intentional thing or did someone just say you know what, we could just have him in the background. It'll be a laugh. When did Michael learn to drive? He's been in like this facility since he was a kid. Yeah, yeah, that that's been one of the um I know that, you know, it's not hard to learn how to drive an automatic and most yeah. cars in the States are. But you know, he must have done a course. Maybe he did a course in the facility, like a yeah. online yeah. course. But yeah, and just the fact Hazard that he doesn't, like he disappears and stuff at the end, and it, like he's he's meant to be like this, like more more of an idea than yeah. a man going around killing people. Mm. But it's just again that 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 is just my kind of hang-ups with the because of the original i think if i took it on face value and i'd never seen the original mm. i probably would have enjoyed it more yeah. but i still think i would have been bored by the amount of violence because that's regardless of whether whether it's anything like the original i think it just you get to the point in which you just go well this is just white noise now mm. yeah. and like 
the 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 point of the original was the fact that it was kind of evil creeping into the suburbs and it was during daylight and he's just like stood outside the school or stood outside a house mm. and it's just kind of like and it's creepier because it's during the day yeah whereas everything here happens at night like in rain or in like that and it's just like I don't know. I just no. I think that's a good point, and I actually that's something I was going to say that when films are just so like the whole thing is just shot in darkness, Mm. it is quite easy to lose interest because you can't bloody see anything. Yeah, (laughs) it's just so dark and miserable the whole time. We're just you know I'm not even watching because it's just can't even see anyone. It no, I can. I think practically at least Leatherface goes out in the day. You know. Has a good time in the sun, gets a tan. But also, it goes back to that um, that concept of what scares us, isn't it? And what not what scares us as individuals, perhaps, but as a society. And I think with those seventies horror films, they were playing on those fears, weren't they? It was clever and it was smart, and it was people who'd thought it through and done something different. So, you know, even if you take books like The Shining and then think <clears> about the, the film, why is it scary? Well. It's a family unit. Most of it happens where you can clearly see everything that's going mm-hmm. on in the daytime, and it's and it's oh, it's different. It's shocking. It's it's playing on our fears that that could that could happen, and and you know be the real. isolation as well. The isolation as well, yeah, completely. But with you know your synopsis about how Halloween is in the suburbs, it's in day. Michael Myers is driving a car behind you. <laughs> it's it's daunting because that's where you're safe. You know, if you said to me, you're going to go out into the American Midwest, there's fields for 12 miles in every direction, there's no lights, have fun, I would be spooked, to say the least. Mm. If, you, if you took me to a suburban town and went, have fun, I'd go, all right, I'm going to a bar, I'm going home, there's street lights, there's cars, there's people. Mm. And... And I think it's difficult then to to have that character in that setting, to raise a bar, to set a standard, and then to watch this film, which just goes back to what's hiding in the dark in the cornfields. Mm. Maybe this film's not as good because all his other films are set in the 70s and this one isn't. Ooh. I reckon that's it. So the, so the, the prequel, so the, the first one that he did, which is essentially a prequel but it's not because it's the first film but it is a prequel um that's in the 70s okay so mm. maybe that was I, I mean the first one is way more horrific i think violence wise um just a bit nastier with the rape scenes but um it probably is better than this one it's just mm. a bit nastier mm. and yeah it's in the 70s and william forsyth is in it so <laughs> Naturally, it's going to be better. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm. And and I kind of feel like, actually, that's what you do with this film. Maybe that's what you do with all sequels and all spin-offs and all adaptations of things. But we're now not talking about the film anymore. We're talking about other films. We've, it's like we're doing that thing where we're going, oh, where's the inspiration? Or why is it different? And... And I think actually that's quite telling that we're no longer talking about the film. Even with Killer Sofa, we were talking about Killer <laughs> Sofa for the full hour. Um, <laughs> but you kind of with this one, we're going, oh yeah, but what about the first one? Oh yeah, but what about the directors of the work? Oh yeah, but what about the other things? And <clears throat> and I think there's there's bad films in the sense that they're <laughs> knowingly or unknowingly hilarious. Mm. Um, and then there's there's bad films in the sense that you kind of go yeah I, I watched it I turned it off midway through I came back to it or yeah I watched it but I don't need to watch it again yeah, yeah like if, if I wasn't doing this podcast mm. I would not have watched the rest of it no no I got that when and you I messaged me feel like I would have lost anything no I am um, I, I got that I and I I kind of uh, it came through when we were talking, and you were like, oh, my, you know, I'm going to watch the rest of it because it's what we do when we're talking about it, and you've got to watch it, and integrity is on the line. But I did get the sense that for you, 
watching the rest of that film today was probably harder than going to work, harder than going to the gym. <laughs> Hard, the hardest thing you've had to do today, Joe, is so watch. This is how I felt about watching things like Foot Locker and The Foot Locker. Foot Locker and the Squirrel film. This is how I felt. Although, like, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of this film, even though I owned this one and, and the other one on DVD. <laughs> But I only ever bought them on DVD because I was at the time, like a few years ago, I was such a so obsessed with Devil's Rejects and Rob Zombie. I was like, I've got to own all his work. I've got to own it all. And then I realised, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a bit shit. So I went straight to the charity shop. Straight to the charity shop. Straight to charity shop. And, and this is the thing. There's, I don't think there's... I think this is three people who are all of a certain age and situation and position talking about a film. It goes back to, in some ways, what we said last week. If you'd shown me this when I was 15, I probably would be going, oh, my goodness, it's amazing, and so many people get killed, and, oh, it's great. Mm. And I think it's just horses for courses and the age that you are, and also doing doing the course that we do, having the interests that we have, you begin to do that awful thing, don't you, where you can pick apart things with a bit more awareness. Mm. And, and also, you are educated in a way that shows you a format. So you are going, they're going to be killed soon. And then this is going to happen. And then that's going to happen. Because if you play something generically, then people who know the blueprint aren't going to be surprised by it. But I think, personally, I don't think anyone in that cinema, regardless of their training or whether they've done, that wouldn't also think that. No. I think I don't think it's like, Oh, because I've studied film, I know that. Oh no, no! I know that that, that, that someone's going to come through that window. I think anyone watching that will go, "Oh yeah, that's going to happen." Yeah, I would agree. I would with this one. Yeah, I would. I would completely agree. <sighs> I think it's a shame that we don't have any. Well, hopefully, maybe in the future that we have some Texas Chainsaw Massacre on the list because <laughs> no but you know what i've probably said this before but the original the remake the remake and then there's a prequel and they're, they're all absolutely fantastic there was one really dodgy one which was the most recent but they're all so good i think you should add one of those to the list oh well, this will impress this leather face is way cooler than michael myers in my opinion <sighs> and actually so is freddy krueger I did have a question. I've just remembered my question. With you mentioning all of the others um, earlier, and then with you just mentioning them again, uh, and this is going to sound stupid. I'm so sorry that I've saved this towards the end. God, like, I hate you. It, in the in the eyes of people who have made this film and the the canon of Michael Myers, what is he? Because I get, I take your point, Joe, that in the original thing he was the shape and he was an embodiment of something, but. In these films, he seems to get shot and stabbed a lot and just keep going. Like Jason. Oh, yeah. yeah. When Jason's you... dead, right? Yeah. Well, Jason's this is the like thing. A... Freddy is dead and is a nightmare. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a bit more realistic in that there are consequences, like with. Um... He's not dead. He's not no, dead. No, no. Who is Who? Who? Um, oh, my God. Hewitt. Hewitt. In Leatherface. Leatherface. Yeah, yeah, I know Leatherface is life, but what I mean is in that world there are consequences. If you get your arm chopped off, you get your arm chopped off. And um, whereas in this one, it starts with her going, I shot him in the head. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe his mask is pretty good. Shatner but seems to be William doing it. Shatner's mask is just extra strong, magical. Like in in the original one, he gets like shot like six times. Yeah. And then and then disappears. And then disappears. And oh. this is my point that in the in the first one, he's obviously meant to be an embodiment of something. So physical consequences may not exist because mm. he's there. He's not there. Where is he? He's been shot. He's been stabbed. But he's not real. But he is real. Whereas in this right. one, he's very obviously a human who has spent what? his life in a. Yeah, psych- he's just he's just a born it's like born psychopath or True. sociopath. Yeah, but, like. But that but doesn't make you can't... bulletproof. He's just stacked. Yeah. I think it's just, just but I'm just it just it just came to me then um trying to remember from the first one there is a story there is a scene behind why he ends up wearing the mask and I just can't remember what it is in Rob he, Zombie's version he becomes obsessed with them doesn't he but I don't think um, it's a... he start yeah I think he starts wearing like I think it's he can't open up to um the psychiatrist 
as him so he sticks on like a I could I could be this could be like a dream I had I, wrong. I feel like he might maybe he sticks like a bag over his head yeah maybe that's a dream I know something like that he sticks a bag over his head and then like gets quite attached to it I don't know okay you know ignore that mm-hmm. okay I, I like the idea that he's bag face <laughs> I swear it starts off with a bag like a paper bag <laughs> I can right. believe that because that's what a child would have in a mental it, it, asylum. There's definitely something, there's definitely like a scene in the first one that explains what he ends up with a mask. Because okay. he's not, you know, he's not like disfigured. Like, because with Leatherface, he's, you know, he's born he's, yeah, disfigured. disfigured. But um, Michael, you know, he just seemed like a good looking kid. Okay. Long blonde Lo- hair. Lovely blonde hair. Yeah. yeah. Angelic, some might yeah. say. Well, some may say. I think I think people in this conversation may disagree. Who knows? I tell you who would say he's angelic. Um, Sherry Moon Zombie, his delightful mm-hmm. mother. She'd definitely say it. So it's basically all her fault. Yeah. Yeah. So the ghost the ghost of Sherry Moon Zombie is telling him to kill all his his daughter his sister and all her friends and so they can all be reunited. That's basically the concept of this story. That's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. It's basically going, Michael Myers has done nothing wrong. He's being controlled by the ghost of his dead mother. And look, she's got a white horse. Woo! But then in the first one, it's not really about, she's not, she's not bad or evil or anything. She's just like this like stressed out mum who's got this alcoholic, disabled husband, William Forsyth. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just, you know, she's struggling as a single, she's struggling as a mum with this kid who's being a bit mental and like killing cats and stuff. And um, she seems like a nice lady. He's just having a hard time. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, she's like this mental ghost that's ordering him to kill everyone. It's it's a strange jump, isn't it? Yeah. I hadn't really I, thought about that until I, I I think that's because Sherry Moon Zombie wanted to be in the film. And that she was needed the, a part. And that was the only way they could get her in after she kills yeah. herself in the first one. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we have um, we have been doing this for fifty five minutes, roughly. So we should probably bring this plane into land. <laughs> yeah, got to go um, and watch Gogglebox. Got to go and watch Gogglebox. Not Naked Attraction tonight, Anna. Just Gogglebox. That's Tuesday. Oh, okay, okay. Um, do we have? Uh, we've obviously got to do scores. We will do scores. Mm. But um, does anyone have any final thoughts about the film? No. Well, my final thought is the one line that makes absolutely no sense, which is freaks always find their way home. And um, Hmm. that's obviously true of all of us here on Clapperboard. Yes, that's how I ended up back in Exeter then. (laughs) (laughs) Ten years of travelling. Good old self-deprecation. When is that not enjoyable to listen to? And... There's no comeback to that. You've you've thrown us for a ring, <laughs> but we will um we'll go on to do scores. So, Anna, go on. You kick us off. Well, we've got good, um, we've got like regular film scores and bad film scores. Chug. Is this classed as a bad film? This can't be classed in the same genre as like Killer Sofa and Two Headed Shark Attack. I don't think that's that yeah. fair. Okay. Okay. Should we, we just? Are we? No, that's fine. We can do normal scores. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's fair to Rob Zombie to put him in killer sofa category. Do you? Uh, if you do, then if you do, then go for it. But if Rob's listening, just so you know that I fought your corner. <laughs> well, you'll 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 find out what I think from my from my scroll. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I think I think the sound of silence probably speaks more loudly on this one than anything else. But Anna, go and kick us off with your no, can somebody else go first? I I'll, need to... Go, uh, we should tell first. me what I'd done for the last films, because that's how I know. I should send these scores out, shouldn't I? But yeah, I'll, do it. Um, I'll do that. I've not got them to hand, but the mm. one last week you gave a perfect 10. So... Well, that was Devil's Rejects, right? Possibly yeah. less than that. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to fair. talk to Joe ever again. Um, <laughs> do that to Devil's Rejects. Come on. Come on, come on. So I'm going to give it, I'm so torn between two scores, but I'm going to go with the lower one. I'm going to give it a four. Jeez. Okay. I know. And the reason why I'm giving it a four is because <laughs> I, you say, I know, Joe's thinking I've given it four points too many. Um, <laughs> the reason I'm giving it four is because there are bits that I thought were good and that I liked. But actually, you could take out 90% of the cast and it wouldn't change the overall feel of the film in the slightest um which 
I don't know if that's the best use of resources and storytelling. So it's just a four for me. Okay. What do you do next? Well, the thing is, I would still rather watch this than Pikachu or <laughs> Footlocker. <laughs> that film's or good. What, okay. Well, what, that's yeah, all right. But yeah, I'd still okay. rather that's watch okay. it than that. And I think I gave those a six. You don't have to. You don't have to justify it. It's no, horses yes. for wish courses. You, wish you guys would let me have a half point because that really annoys me that you don't. Ah. But <sighs> I'm going to give it a, another six. I love a six. Another six. We'll go another six. six. But just so everybody knows, I'd rather watch that that than Pikachu. And hurt. And hurt locker. Hurt locker. Whatever. Before I give my score, here we go. Um, I just want to to say, like, similar to what Anna says, that this is purely my opinion, and does not reflect Anna's love of Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. At all. But I'm giving it a zero. I'll piss wah, off. Wah, wah, wah. You can't give it a zero. I, I can. I can give it whatever the hell I want. Zero. <laughs> I, I gave Killer Okay, Soccer so I can't give half points. Rather, you can give a zero. Yeah, because I would rather watch Killer Sofa oh. than this, and I gave Killer Sofa a one. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, I do. I'm going to throw this in because I feel like I'm going to be the voice of reason, the balance in this argument. Joe did turn this film off, <laughs> and he only watched it yeah. because we made I, it. Like, I, I genuinely today, after I watched the last of it, thought, "Is there anything out of it that I could say I enjoyed?" And there isn't. <laughs> I enjoyed the concert. So it has to be a zero. Like the concert. Like yeah, but and I that girl that, dressed so as Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror was pretty that, cheeky. That was. No, that was that was Rob Zombie. Pretty good. <laughs> it was his like excuse to get her into a maid's outfit. Because... Well, no, because she was Frankenfurter, so she wouldn't be the maid, would she? No, I'm she on about I'm, I'm, magenta. I'm on about magenta. Columbia, magenta. Yeah, I'm on about magenta because it was all right when she was magenta, but then her wig and hat and everything came off pretty quickly but he made up for it by killing her so it's fine <laughs> but yeah like i just it had like i i hated it that much and i, I just have to stick by my guns stick to oh those guns God. stick to I'm those guns lower my scores in future because i've been i've been pretty lower nice. your score. you know what i got <laughs> I, I think i've just been trying to be nice to you guys with your lame choices so i'm gonna how, lower the future how many zeros have you given we really appreciate because no, I I feel because I feel bad so but oh, now I don't. Be honest. No, like that's the thing. Like 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 Dan says, it's horse for courses. There's going to be people that like to. There's going to be people that think it's a brilliant film, and that's their opinion. they that's totally valid. If you'd let me have a half, I'd give it a five and a half. In a really Devon accent. That one you did go a bit Devon there. That was. I did. Sorry. You get ten points. Five and a half, but that would mean that Hurt Locker and. Detective Pikachu would be above it. Oh, demote them to four and a half. No, no retcons and no halves. Oh, yeah. You've put no, it okay, no Fine, halves. I'll stick with six. They're all well, shit. You can right. change it to seven <laughs> if you want. They're all shit except for Back to the Future. <laughs> you can well, change it to seven and then it's higher than them. You aren't going to like it then, Anna, but overall that only gives this one a ten. Which is which, which is <laughs> the but lowest. But you said earlier that it is nowhere near as good as Devil's Rejects. Oh my god, it's it, not it even. No, I didn't. I don't even like this film, but I just want exactly. it to be better than the Squirrel. Yeah. Your, your film that... choice. Your your points last week alone are equal to all the points this week. <laughs> which is great i love it i love it now before we all end up falling out we should probably stop talking about scoring and points in the future you can um you can be as brutal as you like and that is that is absolutely i'm coming for you dan i know you are the one person who's been relatively middle of the road across all of this you're the most middle of the road person i've ever met just wait for another few weeks yeah give it a few more weeks and she'll be gunning for me should be gunning for me but on that happy note of unity let's call it a day because we have just i think tipped over the hour 
so um we will move on so for a long time yeah yeah and also yeah it's late we're filming this recording this sorry on friday night so everyone's sleepy um but yeah yeah well thank you very much for listening thank you for enjoying our weird ramblings about the film that was so <laughs> unexpectedly divisive <laughs> Average um, to low. <laughs> average to low, and yet, well, it caused big uh, issues. Average, average to zero. <laughs> average to zero. And um, we will look forward to you coming and listening to another one of our conversations next week. Thank you. Bye.